Welcome to the Love Life Church podcast, and thank you for checking us out. We love God, love people, and love life, and we hope this message encourages you and inspires you. Here's today's message. I am pumped for this morning's message. Pumped. Now, you know, we, um, we've started talking about faith, and, and what I'm doing is, is, is I'm going to the place where I'm very comfortable and that is talking about something I know very much about. And I'm talking through years of experience and through the journey of my walk as a follower of Jesus. And the reason why it's important to understand that is, is I'm communicating something that I live. So I'm not trying to bring something new or something that uh, it, it sounds really, you know, relevant in in this day and age and it's cool and it's and it's the you know whatever the newest thing what i'm talking about is the most important thing and we saw last week how it's shown in scripture how important it is without faith it is impossible to please god now what is misunderstood is how that's read because when you read it correctly it's literally saying Man, you need, to be, you need to get in the understanding of faith so you can receive the benefit of a God that rewards. So faith is connected to receiving. And don't ever think it's not. It is 100% connected to receiving. And I know there's a lot of religious denominational goofies out there that go to extreme on what I just said. But let me ask you something, since you know everything. How do you receive salvation? By faith. But wait a minute. I just said receive salvation. You're getting something by your faith. What are you going to do with that one? You know? What are you going to do with that one? In other words, you have to understand that God lays down his word, his truth, and it's final. It's perfect. It's when Men, it's when people come in and start manipulating it or re, reworking it through their opinion, their feeling, their experience. And that's when it gets mixed up. It gets flipped around. It gets irrelevant. This is relevant right now. The new covenant, the New Testament we live is relevant right now. And that's what we want. We want to receive this instruction so that we live big on Monday, right? Aren't we big on Monday? And that's why we want this information because I don't, I'm not about, okay, you got a good religious message. You got a good Christian message. You got a good Bible message. That's not what this is about. This is about you got a message to impact your family right now. You got a message to pick your home right now. You have a message to impact your marriage right now. You have a message, you have a message that's going to be relevant, majorly important in your life as a follower of Jesus. And so this stuff we're talking about this morning, I'm telling you, it's, it's gonna rock your world. And I like rocking your world. It's fun. And so what we do is, is uh, let me ask a question. You know, when you, when you hear the word faith or the term faith, now, people that are new in this faith, you know, it's usually a term, a religious term. What faith are you? But that's not the, the Bible meaning of faith. But the point is, is this, is when you're new, you're really not involved with a lot of wackoness. 
because you got a clean slate. It's the ones that have gone this journey with all kinds of religious opinions, insight, doctrines, uh, whatever the, the path you've, you've taken. I mean, I've, that's my path as far as I came into it as a sponge. When I, when I received Jesus and I came into this church thing, it, I was a sponge. But the problem is, is a lot of water that was coming in wasn't necessarily the right water. I mean, there was a lot that was, but there was a lot there wasn't. And so I'm this sponge soaking it all in. And then as I continue my journey, I go two years of Bible college. My gosh, you know, uh, that water did some really messing up. But then there were some good times. There was some good water, some sweet water. But the point is, is my journey has been filled with being soaking in information. Ultimately, every believer has to come to the, the place of, but is this what the Bible is showing us? Is this what the Bible teaches not, is this scripture pulled out being used? No. Is it full in context? Does it agree with the whole counsel of God? That's when you know it's true. I'm telling you, when you start quoting truths that totally go against Jesus when he lived on this earth, how can you say what you teach is correct? You can't. And so I want us to be able to have instruction in God's word and realize it lines up with the word. And so we're not off on this, this weird belief or this, this, this faulty foundation that does crumble. And when, you're, when your foundation crumbles, everything is affected in your life. Now, that doesn't mean that you're going to have this information and not have effect because you all know you get effect. Why? Because it's a choice. You can build a strong foundation, build a nice house, but that ain't going to stop the storms. The storms will come. It's scriptural. The floods will rise. The rain will fall. The winds will blow. But if I'm looking correctly, I got a foundation and a good house. But that doesn't mean I'm exempt from fear, worry, doubt. Ooh, it's making noises. Ooh, the water's rising. Ooh, it's scary out there. Well, see, I can be living on a good foundation in a nice house, and all of a sudden, I'm freaking out everywhere. And I believe that's where most Christians find themselves. And I don't want no more freaking out. <laughs> you know, hey, if fear comes knocking, maybe you get a little chills. But I'm going to say, callate. No, I'm not dealing with you, fear. Yeah, I threw that Spanish out there. All right. So, I mean, think about it. How much faith is necessary to meet your need? What is your need? What is that thing you believe in? How much faith do you need to meet it? Now, if you were here last Sunday, you're like going, whoa, 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 whoa. Ain't about how much faith, because I know how smart love life is. I'm trying to get the ones out there. You're watching online. No, you guys understand what we're saying. It's not about how much faith, the amount of faith at all. And that's what I want us to understand, because this is the dilemma we live in. The, the Bible talks about faith, and it talks about hope. It talks about different things, but a lot of times, there's, they're, they're twins. There's a natural and the spiritual. There's natural faith. Y'all have it. And then there's spiritual faith. There's a natural hope. Y'all have it. And then there's a spiritual hope. And when you start understanding these, which is common sense when you really look at it, then you start looking at this in a correct way. 
And ultimately, this is what I want. This is my heart, that you get this. But not just that you get it, but that you can teach it. So that you as a parent can teach it to your kids. Because see, I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm not even talking to your kids. They're all over, they go from there all the way around there. Now, I know youth are in here this morning because of, you know, Harvest Festival, you know, and, which is good. I like them in here sometimes. But anyway, <laughs> no, I do. I, I love teens. I love youth ministry. I mean, that was my life for years. And I'd still do it if God didn't get me in this position. But anyway, that's a whole different argument. So, you know, I, I don't get to talk a lot to them. And we have great leaders, but there's no one greater than the parent. No one. No one. And I need you to know that because you have a responsibility not to come in here just to come in here. You have a responsibility to learn, to grow, and to become successful in the knowledge of this word. And that's what I want for each and every one of you, and that's what I bring forth. Now, I'm not just talking about parents. I'm talking about all of us, all of us in here, because you are an impactor. You are an influencer. Some of you don't understand it, but you are. And so it's time to recognize that, and let's get involved with this awesome stuff, this awesome light. Amen? So, I mean, ultimately, it comes down to faith. What do we need? I need a lot. I need a lot. Even the disciples, you know, here they are walking with Jesus, and they're, they're seeing faith in action. They're hearing his teachings, and he ultimately, you know, ultimately is getting them to this place where they're like going, this is, we're getting, this is too much pressure. Increase our faith. They just increase our faith. And this is where the church, and I'm talking about the church in general, screwed up because this is how they've taught for, for years. That this is a relevant question in the sense of your faith has to grow. But it, it goes contrary to Scripture. Now, don't get me wrong. We're just saying, we sing a song that had grow our faith. Yeah, didn't it say grow, or grow our faith or something? Oh, it's, dude, you, the singers are like hanging me out there, like going, I don't know what to talk about. I don't know what to talk about. You, do you believe these guys? Man. Yes. And so you're singing that, and I just taught, well, we don't need to faith grow. Now they're like going, oh, we're singing, you know, things are evil. No. You know, when I was listening to that inside, I, I recognized something. Faith does grow, but not the faith itself, but the faith grows in your knowledge and experience. In other words, you can have boldness, but you can also have the boldness grow just for your knowledge, your experience. It's not changing boldness. Boldness is boldness, but it amplifies your action. It, it's, it's God's faith. The measure of faith isn't growing. How does God's faith, even a tiny bit of his faith, need to grow? That would be ridiculous, right? But that's what you have. You have his faith in you. He gave you the measure of faith, his measure. Out of him, his faith was placed in you when you received Jesus. So you have God faith. Now, in that God faith, it doesn't need to grow up. We do. But the thing is, is that faith grows in the feeling and experience of that faith to our lives. And so it's not bad to say that with the right understanding, okay? So you can keep singing the song that you apparently don't know. 
Luke 17, 5 and 6 says this. This is God's word translation. The apostles came up and said to the master, give us more faith. But the master said, you don't need more faith. There is no more or less in faith. If you have a bare kernel of faith, say the size of a poppy seed, you could say to the sycamore tree, go jump in the lake, and it would do it. Now, that's the statement of Jesus. That translation's cool. I just love that translation. But what it's saying to us is this. They automatically do what we do, increase our faith. But the problem is the church will then add to that, well, you know, you've got to do this, and you want your faith to grow, and your faith is immature. And and it talks so much about this faith has to change. And I don't want you to believe that. I don't want you to even hear that. Because I want you to know you've got God faith in you. So now we're not waiting for something. It's there. Now it's us. Now it's on us. Oh, I love that because now it's saying, hey, sky's the limit, Daniel. Sky's the limit. You're the one that's going to either put it on cruise control, speed up, slow down, stop. But it's on you. It's on you. So what are you going to do with it? And I love that because it puts me in the driver's seat in the position of I'm not just existing in life. I'm living life, living life large. Because that's my God. That's what he designed me. Your DNA is to live large. Your DNA, how you were created, was to rule and reign. He didn't create it and then then after creation go, oh, I got to make sure you don't have that same likeness and same part of you. And all of a sudden it became this, you know, mass of whatever. No. God had a design. He had a plan. He had a purpose. And know it or not, it's, it, you still are that person. You're still that person that God created in the very beginning. Now, we just got to get connected to it. And this is what the faith message will do. The right faith message. It, it doesn't separate the spiritual from the non-spiritual, the super spiritual from the little spirituals. No, the faith message brings everybody together and says, let's do it. Let's do this. Amen. That's what it does. I love that. Man, I was where you were for years and years and years, sitting there looking up that person going, man, they're awesome. They've got, I could never do it. And they're so spiritual. And I wish I was like, but I can't. I was there. Did it all the time. I wish I was like that. I wish I was like, oh man, I could never do what they do. I can never, it won't happen to me. So I run to them, please pray for me. Please pray for this. Pray for this. And I'm trying to get them to use their super faith. Because I don't have it. I don't have the knowledge they have. I don't have the information. And that's contrary to the word of God. Don't get me wrong. There are times when you are in a place of, I don't got it. And then God says, come on, let's get together. Let me show much how much I love you. I know you don't got it today, but let's get with someone that does have it right now. And let's bring them together and let's come in agreement together. Let's come in agreement together. And that'll help you right now when you don't got it. God is good. God is so good. I mean, think about it. How big a faith is it that you need for whatever it is you're believing for? And you think about the word of Jesus saying, it ain't about size. Let me take you to the place of greatness. 
the greatest miracle, the greatest supernatural operation of faith that can ever be done is not a cold healed, a, a sickness gone, an allergy gone, a broken arm healed. No, the greatest, greatest, greatest miracle of all is God taking someone that was part of this, this nature of the enemy, this alienated person from God, and to be able to bring them into a new created state, a place where old things are passed away. Behold, all things become new. A place where you now are in Christ. A place where you now are part of the family of God, going to live eternally with him. And it didn't happen because of God. It happened because your faith. Jesus, that small, little, tiny faith that erupted out to God, recreated your spirit. That my brothers and sisters, is power. What is it you need? It ain't more faith. It ain't more faith. Not the answer. We need to look for ways to increase what's needed to operate in the faith that we have. Remember, God's word says that we've been given the measure of faith. Romans 12, 3. 2 Peter 1, 1. Believers have attained like precious faith or equal, exact equal measurement of faith. We have God faith in us. The moment we receive Jesus, okay, we are not in need of more faith. We are in need of setting free the faith we have. Setting it free. Setting it loose. And that's going to happen by the things I'm going to be talking about in the next few weeks, okay? So what is the problem with our faith? Let me give you the answer. Faith cannot work alone. Faith can't work alone. Faith needs three cooperating or three supportive powers. And this is something where people, most people don't even get. They don't even understand this. But guess what? It's all in the scripture, completely shown in the New Testament when it's concerning faith. So all of a sudden, we are dealing with a one-dimensional faith teaching or faith understanding, and it's getting rocked. It's getting messed with. It's getting screwed over. And I'm telling you, it's affecting tens of thousands of believers, if not millions, because they don't understand the three supporting powers that are necessary for faith. And once you understand it, all of a sudden, things go, wow, you get clear. You get, you get released. There's this, oh, wow, now I got it. Now I got it. And that's where we're going to go. We're going to go on the journey to, I got it. I got this. Amen. I'm about ready to loose my faith and set it free. Because again, it's not a difficult thing. It's a simple thing. Jesus said, if you have faith as a child, if you have this concept of just believe. All things are possible to those who 
Just believe. What's it take? Do you need a college degree, which, you know, it's not saying much these days. But anyway, think about it. Belief. We all have it. Even little kids have it. I'm telling you. It's an awesome, awesome thing. Amen? So let's go to Romans 5, and we're going to look at the three powers. Now, the three powers are going to be listed in here. This isn't all the scriptures I'm going to be talking about, but they're all listed in this Romans chapter 5, verse 1. 1 through 5, we're going to read. Therefore, having been justified by faith, how are we justified? By faith. We were justified by that belief. Jesus, I believe, justified by faith. Are you guys getting this? And we have peace with God through the Lord Jesus Christ. So the moment we say, Jesus, I believe in you, and you receive him, and once that takes place, you have peace with God. You have peace with God. Peace. That second, peace with God. You've been justified. You are in a state of righteousness, and it cannot be changed can't be changed, all right? Just by your position of I believe. Not because you did good, not because you stopped, Lord, I promise, not you because you swore, not because you listed all the things you'll never do again. No, you brought your nasty self up front. You said, Jesus, I believe in you. Bam, there it is, all right? That's what happened. He says this, and through whom also we have access by faith into his grace, which we stand. This says faith gets you in, and now faith you need to live with. Faith you need to walk in. Faith you need to stand in. This is so important because now we're talking about, okay, I need to know this faith. What is this faith all about? And what we're doing is is I'm going to lay this foundation that gets you not the one-dimensional life, but, man, now you've got it all the way around you. And you're operating with the knowledge. Everybody say knowledge. Operating with knowledge and understanding to be able to deal with the things out there on Monday. Amen? The things in life. Thank you, Jesus. This is good stuff. All right? So he says, and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. And not only that, but we also glory in tribulation. Notice it said, it didn't say for tribulation. It said, in tribulation. We don't glory for tribulation. Oh, I just want some bad things to happen. Come, come, come. No, we are in it, and we say, I'm good. I'm good. I give God glory knowing that I'm going to come out on top. That's how I look at it. Now, I know. I know. It's difficult. I understand. It's close to home, but I'm telling you right now, you got to look correctly. You got to look correctly. Now, you might be thinking, well, how's that? you'll find out. We'll go through this thing. You're going to find out, okay? Y'all with me? All right. So um, we glory in tribulations, knowing this, knowing that, knowing this, knowing is, is written all over the new covenant, everywhere. In Paul's writings, Peter, James, John, I mean, it's all over the place. That's a key word that you know, the church mainly misses because we just read in the scripture. We just read, read, read. Now it says to know it. Most of the time it's gnosko. You got to know this, build on the knowledge, operate in the knowledge, apply the knowledge, grow in this knowledge to you have full understanding. That's what the word is all the time. 
when it comes to these scriptures, when it comes to the truth of the word of God. See, if you don't, I'm going to tell you what you're going to do. This is the nature of the human race. You fill in the blanks with your own information. You fill in the blanks with your own answers. You're going to do it. I want to fill in the blanks with God's answer. Yes. All right? Amen. Why? Because that's what my life's about. It's about doing it right. Listen, I'm serious about this. Doing this correctly doesn't make you less attainable. Doing this correctly doesn't make you less relevant. Doing this correctly doesn't make you more of a religious person. Not at all. Doing this correctly makes you more relevant, more impacting, more, more relevant, and more influential in this life than anything else. It's just how we portray it, how we relate to people with it. We, we do it religiously, we bring out the Christianese. We talk language that people don't even understand. Do it correctly, you're the Jesus, Jesus leaning back with sinners around you, and they're chill. They're so chill that the Pharisees are mad. Why? Because they got their bud and their, their coors and their mad dog, and they're sitting there drinking, and Jesus is sitting there just talking to them. And they call, he's a drunkard. He hangs out with all the drunkards. Why would they call him a drunkard? Because he's chill with all the guys in the park that are having their, you know, drinks. Now, y'all know he ain't cussing. Y'all know he ain't talking dirty. Y'all know he ain't talking, well, our, you know, like families love to do, talk past. You get around family people, they all talk past. Everything is about past. And every time you get around them, it's going to be about, you remember this back in the, you remember this, you remember this. It's the, it's, ah, I don't want to about to hear your past. That you got to get excited and happy because you're talking about your past? Let's talk about today. Let's talk about future. Come on, man. Y'all hear me this? But when you guys gather together, don't go down that journey of, hey, you remember back in 30 years ago when we did this? What is that? You should be, you should be, you should see what happened an hour ago. That's what it should be about. Look at what I want for my future. That's what I'm believing for. Can you believe with me? But usually you don't go that way. It's backwards. Come on, somebody. Say, oh my, no, oh me. Let's go. Amen. He says, tribulation, knowing that tribulation produces, what? Tribulation, what? This is oh my God, I don't like this. You want to know something? Tribulation produces something good. Not something bad. Tribulation, pressures, attacks. I listen, I get it. I understand it's not fun. We don't like it. Some are more pressured than others. Some are filled with death, destruction, and all that. I get it. And our flesh and our emotions are so tied to, ah, I get it. I'm not questioning that. I'm just bringing truth in the house. And the truth is this. If you can dig up this little light, I swear to you, in a good swear, that this light will disperse darkness. 
I'll shut this whole light. I'll turn off everything. It'll be pitch black. And we put one tiny light. Guarantee it's going to do some lighting. It's going to affect the darkness. So all I'm saying is I'm not trying to, to, to get you in a life where no trouble. It doesn't hurt. I'm getting attacked, but it's okay. I'm not saying that. Don't go that way. But understand, I get it. I've been in the pressures. I've been in the, the, the place where you're like going, God, take me now, Jesus. Not suicide. I mean, you know, where you're like going, you know, bring the rapture. I'm ready to get out of here. Where you're like going, this is too much. But knowing, ever say knowing? Knowing. And then a little light starts shining. And all of a sudden I say, nah, I got this. I got this. I know what's going to happen on this side. I got this. And it says here, it says exactly this. It says, knowing, knowing this, that going into this tribulation produces patience, the ability to persevere. Well, listen, now what do we see? We see this life. We see a life that no longer are you going through problems and no longer are you going through pressures in life. But whoa, whoa, whoa. Now what are you doing? You are now in a position where you're recognizing, I can go through this. I can go through this. So this is good, is it not? All right. So tribulation is something I'm not looking. Now I'm looking at it. Okay. I'm not looking for it because it didn't say look for it. In it, I, I got a different vision. So when all hell's breaking loose, now I can recognize, listen, something good can happen in here. And it's my attitude in the problem. So what's going to happen is it's building something, patience. And that patience is one of the supporting powers of faith. And we're going to be talking about that. But not today, but we're going to be talking about it. Amen? And then we have where it says, patience brings character. And we all want good character, right? Because that's what you're known by. You're not known by, ooh, they read the Bible. You're not, known, you're not known by, ooh, they know a lot of scriptures. No one knows you by that. They know you if you're a liar or not. They, they, they know you as, oh, they're so spiritual and they're, they, they're just so this. No, they know you that every time you go to lunch, you never pay. <laughs> no, that's how you're known. All right, let's go. You don't want to be real. Let's don't be real. Patience, character, character, hope. Now, hope, hope does not what? Disappoint. Hope does not what? Disappoint. Hope is another supporting character. Another supporting power, another connection, a cooperating power to faith, patience, and hope. Amen? Hope does not disappoint because the love of God. Everybody say love of God. The what? Dude, I mean, people, listen. This scripture really transformed my life because I didn't really know this scripture, but there was a time in my journey. Okay, I go to Bible college. Uh, I'm, I'm being more influenced by ministry. People are wanting to put me in, you know, over things and stuff like that. And back in that day, they, it wasn't like our church. It was, it was more like, you know, more religious concept. But they love to do spiritual gifts testing. And I even did it in our church at the very beginning because, hey, I was trained that way. And I realized, you know what, this really sucks, this thing, because, you know, I'm trying to get people taking a test to reveal something in them, and they're cheating on the test because they wanted to make them reveal something they wanted to reveal. 
I'm thinking, it don't work. <laughs> but anyway, it, if you do it correctly, you can see a process of growth. Because there was a time when I flunked the area of, you know, liking people. I'm just like, bad, bad, bad. Well, you can't be a pastor. But see, the point is, is you can look at that and say, yeah, you're, you, there's no way. This is who you are. But that's, that's not real. Because as you grow in the word and as you grow in the kingdom, those old ways or those old thoughts or those patterns start getting pushed away. And what happened is I took a test again, and all of a sudden I saw a whole different result. I was truthful. I was being truthful in everything I was doing. But my perception and how I lived my life was way different from the very beginning. So all of a sudden, I'm, I'm, I'm graduating to, I like people. And then I move up to another people and go, oh, you can live with me. No, I'm just kidding. I don't go that far. <laughs> but you guys hear what I'm saying. So th this took, th these are things you can look at and see a progression. But what we have to understand is this, is when it comes down to our lives, when it comes down to our walk, that we look at this thing and we see, okay, this is where I'm right now, but I have to understand that I am going to grow and continue to grow and to continue to grow. And with the love of God, this transformed our life because this word said, it's already here. And I thought, wait a minute. If God gave me his love, then I have the ability to love like him. First, when I heard that, I thought, get out. I was like, that's impossible. Just how I was feeling towards certain people that day. I don't, I don't love them. And I know Jesus, if you're, I'm telling you the truth. You know how truthful I am. And, and, and I mean, people are like going, I don't love them. And if you were here, Jesus, you would love them. And I got your love. How come it ain't working right now? But ultimately, I come to understand love. I can understand scriptural love. And I started realizing, wait a minute, my definition of love was a little different. I was in a different mindset of what that really meant. Love those people that just killed your son. Love those people. No, it's not what it meant. It's not at all what it meant. But see, that's what I was doing. I was throwing my own opinion, my own feeling. You see what I'm saying? So ultimately, I got to a place where, all right, I have the ability to love anyone. And that's, that made me feel good. I have the ability. So what it means is there's no wall. doesn't mean I'm going to. You understand? I mean, some of you I just don't love. No, I'm just kidding. Just kidding. There's, there's no, no fact to that. Like, maybe, but not love. Not that Jesus didn't say I like everybody, all right? But I like you all. You all you're great. You're great, all right? And I say that truthfully. You all are great. But the thing is, is this is what happens. We're defining or relating to what we know, what we understand. So we define God's love's in my heart. Well, I'm, that ain't working. That ain't working. That ain't, I don't like them. I don't love them. I don't love them. I don't love them. How could it be there? And so we dismiss it. And that's what we can't do. We can't dismiss it because it's there. It's just we have to learn, learn about that love and allow it to start working. And when it does, woo, good things happen. Good things happen. 
So the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us. Hope, patient, love. Those are the three supporting powers of faith. Hope, patience, and love. Listen, the devil can't steal your faith. It's God's faith. It's that gift in you. He can't take it. But he can mess with your hope. He can mess with your patience. And he can mess with love. And when he's able to mess with those three things, he stops your faith. You guys hearing me? When he's able to mess with those three things, he messes with your faith. Though he can't touch your faith. He can't touch this. Dun, 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 dun. All right? You guys, are you guys getting this? All right. So the first supporting power of faith, which is hope, Hebrews 11.1, 1, and I'm just touching on it. I'm going to read the scripture, but I'm not teaching on it right now. Why? I, I actually, what am I doing? Yeah, I am going to teach on hope. But first supporting power of faith is hope. Hebrews 11.1. 1. Now, faith is, faith is, everybody say faith is. Faith is, so this is important because we're talking about faith. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. So for faith to become tangible, we have to have hope operating, right? Are you guys hearing me? Now, remember, faith is this unseen, but unseen doesn't mean not tangible or something that's just, see, in the spirit realm, faith is, you could see faith. In here, you can't see faith. That It's like an angel. Angels are here, but you can't see them. Now, they can come into existence on specific task or whatever. Now, there's been all kinds of stories of people, you know, this person helped me, and then all of a sudden I went to thank them, and they're gone. You know, there's been all kinds of stories like that. So angels can, in the natural, according to plans, God's plan, whatever's happening, can do that. But there are angels right now all over this place. I mean, there's angels everywhere. Now, if we had our eyes open spiritually for to see that, well, first and foremost, I don't need to because I know. And if you need to, because you need to know, it, they don't work that way. You see what I'm saying? But I know there's. I know that I know that I know. But that's what faith is. Faith is, it's there. But in the spirit realm, it's, it's like an angel. It's, it's there. But when it, to get it here, we don't want this. We want substance, right? I want some substance going on. That's what hope Supporting power, cooperating power has to be connected to faith. Are you guys hearing me? All right. So we have to have this supporting power of faith. Second supporting power of faith is patience. Hebrews 6, 12. That you don't become sluggish, but imitate those through faith and patience. Everybody say patience. Faith and patience inherit the promises. So the promises, what is that? Okay, I inherit a promise. What does that mean? I'm never going to get it? No, you promised. Are you guys hearing me? You promised. If you're going to promise something, what does that mean? You're just going around going, I promise. You promise what? you got to add something to the promise because there ain't no promise. I promise. A promise what? You guys all got me, right? You understand that? There is no I promise. There's, you better never do that again. 
okay, I won't like it, I promise. Well, there it is, the promise of what? Not lying. Man, are you ever going to buy lunch? Yeah, I promise, I will next time. There it is. No, are you hearing me? I'm just talking to that person with no character. All right, move right along. <laughs> are you guys hearing what I'm saying? You guys hear what I'm saying? Very simple, right? Is it not very simple? All right. So we have to understand that the promise has to have, there's something with it. Inherit the promises with what? Faith and what? Patience. Patience. Faith, cooperating power of patience. I, I know that cooperating power. When we were believing God for our, our, our children, actually our child, which turned into plural. Thank you, Jesus. He's always more than enough. But we were believing God. You all know the story. If you don't, I'll tell you real quickly. Doctors, the best of the best, Mayo Clinic best, said, you cannot have kids. No way, ain't happening. Impossible. That's the message. No way, ain't happening. Impossible. Yes, it is possible. And yes, it did happen. Not only once, but twice, three times the lady. No. <laughs> Could you imagine that, a third girl? All right, move right along. I ain't going that way. You know why? They are the most expensive things on planet Earth. This is what freaked me and my wife out. We'd go to, back then, Babies R Us, which is an awesome place, or Dillard's, or wherever, and go to the kids' area. And to get to the boys' area, which was one tiny aisle in the back of the 300 girl aisles. I mean, we'd go through dresses and pants and coats and hats. And finally back there, we'd go, oh, there's eight guy, little boy stuff. Anyone with boys understand what I'm talking about? Come on, somebody. Anyone with boys understand? And the girls are like going, See, whatever. We got our girls. We got our girls. But you know what I'm saying? Is it not true? Is it not true? Girls are expensive. <laughs> yeah, ladies, that was the best time for you to like going, yeah, yeah, yeah. But you didn't, so whatever. There goes that fancy lunch. Moving right along. Number three. <laughs> Number three supporting power of faith is love. Is love. And what's the opposite force of faith? Listen, love life. Come on. That would have been, I should have had the old church going, fear. <laughs> what is the opposite force of faith? Fear. There we go. That's better. <laughs> love. Galatians 5, 6. Faith works by love. That's Romans. Faith works by love. You got that? Those are the three supporting powers of faith. Now we know. So what we're going to do is we'll hit on uh, each one. Today I'll talk about hope. <clears throat> then I'll talk about patience. Then love. Okay? So let's go into hope. Listen, faith must have a target. Faith has to have a target. You have faith, but it has to have a target. Faith isn't just going to work. It has to have a target. It has something to go toward. That's what hope does. Hope presents a target. All right, listen, we ain't doing Christian in here. We're doing, we're doing life, all right? So let, let's shake it out and get this information going. Okay, this is good. This is good to know. 
I want this faith, this God faith operating. I got to have a target. Okay, hope creates the target. Hope creates the target. All right, hear that? That is a compressor. That's an air conditioning compressor. It's powerful. It's got everything you need to chill this place down or even heat this place up. But if that hope, that thermostat isn't working, all that power is just going to sit there. Nothing's going to happen. I mean, I've had it where things aren't working. All of a sudden, you change the battery and the thermostat and whatever. And all of a sudden, you do something with the thermostat. What is the thermostat doing? It's, it's my target. And I turn it to freezing, of course. <laughs> and what happens? That power. The light switch. Target. Got all electricity. Ain't going to do nothing unless I click. Are you guys getting this? All right. It's good for Monday, right? All right. Mark eleven twenty four says this. Therefore, I say to you, whatever things you hope for, you ask, you desire, whatever things, whatever things you have hope connected to, when you pray, when you pray, not waiting for hope to come, hope is there. Then when you pray, believe faith. Hope, then pray, which is believe, faith. When you pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. It's a process of a whole different concept of how we think in this kingdom with the world kingdom we came out of. This kingdom, we operate supernatural first, then natural. This world kingdom we came out of, it's all natural. There is no supernatural. All the natural. If I see it, if I feel it, if I touch it, if I taste it, if I smell it, then it's real. In God's kingdom, it's faith. Do you see what I'm saying? Now, yeah, we're connected to the natural, of course. That's why it comes substance. It comes into tangibility. We want that stuff happening. We want things to happen. We want supernatural. We want miracles. We want babies popping out. Why? Because that's just God's real, God's real, God's real, God's real. He's alive. He cares. Of course we do. So don't sit there and go, God just doesn't want me. Don't go that way. God does want you. He just said, whatever things you desire when you pray, believe you receive them, you shall have them. Jesus, red letters. Red letters. Hope is not wishful thinking. Hope is steadfast confidence. Okay? I'm going to look at the hope of Abraham. Not the faith of Abraham, the hope of Abraham. You ready for this? Romans 4, 17. Oh, you're going to love this. You are going to love this. What's that? That's faith speaking right now. Romans 4, 17. As it is written, I have made you. Past tense. I have made you. He's talking to Abram, all right? He's talking to a person that doesn't have kids. They tried for long, many, many, many years, no kids. And God speaks to him and says, I have already done it, made you. This is the way God speaks. Who's speaking? Let's say it right. Papa in heaven, my father in heaven. See, I'm, I'm, his, I'm his child. I need, to, I need to follow after my dad. My dad's talking this way. I need to talk that way. That's what we have to deal with right now, huh? 
don't we? We're dealing with a lot of our papas in the world, our dads in the world, and a lot of things we do now we don't like. Okay, okay, I get that. Been there, done that. But see, I have my, my dad now, my new dad. That doesn't make my natural dad irrelevant, but what it does, it gives me the life to start looking at a new life. And I'm not bound to the old way, I'm bound to the new way. I'm a new creation. I'm a new creation. All things are passed away only if I live that life. In other words, yeah, are they gone? Oh, yeah, 100%. But I can bring them back alive. I have the power to bring it all back alive. But according to God, they're, they're gone. I like his view better than mine. Amen? I like his view. It's good. So he says, I made you a father of many nations. Jesus didn't go to the cross because you believed in him. Do you understand that? Jesus didn't go to the cross because you believed in him. He went to the cross expecting. That's, that's tight. I mean, that is, I mean, come on, man. Think about that. Jesus coming on the earth, not going, hey, hey, y'all believe in me? Look what I'm going to do. No, they were cursing him. They were taking everything from him and then turned their back on him. Come on now. Scripture makes it very clear. If every miracle was able to be written down, there weren't enough books to write them all down. Would you say that's hundreds of thousands of people? Why weren't they just destroying Rome at that moment? All those healed people. I don't know about you, but, you know, if I, if I don't have a leg and Jesus comes and gives me a leg, I'm going I'm to go, hey, I'm with you, man. Right? Wouldn't you guys? But what happened to them all? All those lepers, and all of a sudden they're like going, hey, what's up? Where were they? Where were they? Where was everybody? Yeah, those are things to think about. That's what I do. I'm that way. It's like, wow. Pretty, pretty amazing, isn't it? Oh, man. In the presence of him whom he believed. As is written, I have made you, past tense, a father of many nations, in the presence of him whom he believed. That describes Abraham's faith right there. In him he believed. God, who gives life to the dead, calls those things. Faith speaks. Faith speaks. Calls those things. Faith speaks. We will have children. We will have children. Hey, how are we going to make the kids bed? How are we going to make the kids room? We will have children. Faith speaks. There ain't no kids around. There ain't no pregnancy happening. How are we going to do this? What do, you, what do you want in the room? What do you want? You just, hey, I have made you a father, Daniel. I had to stand in faith. I had made you a mother, Laura. She had to stand in faith. There ain't no, nothing happening. There ain't nothing happening. Faith came alive. Substance happened. Patience was operating. Didn't happen overnight. Took years. Crazy, huh? But it still happened. Boom. There they are. How did Abraham... There's no Bible. Abraham. There's no Bible. There's no scriptures. 
this really blows away most of the Christianese concepts because we all think it's all about look at the Bible, the Bible, the Bible, I gotta memorize the Bible. And and it's just so off of what God's word even teaches. Though we need the instruction because it was given to us, but it was given for it to be taught, never given for it to be read. It, you can't prove it or show me in Scripture that it was just, it was given so that we could have billions of number one sellers of Bibles just pass them out and everybody read them. That's not, you read the Scripture, you recognize everything about it is contrary to that mindset. Now, that doesn't mean you can't have a Bible and read it. Doesn't mean that at all. But if your concept is, is this how you're going to grow? This is how you're going to make it? Ain't going to work. It never has, never will. You can't grow that way. It is common sense, not even how we're created to grow that way. But what does that matter? We're Christians. We don't use common sense. We're Christians. That don't matter anymore. We're Christians. We do it our way. I don't need no one to teach me. I've heard that for years, and every person I've heard that from has a destroyed life. Not successful, not growing, not, not flourishing. No, destroyed life. Not 99%, 100%. Why? Because God's word is real. It's true. So what does that mean? It means we're to be like we are. And that is we receive instruction, we take that instruction, and we live that instruction. I'm successful in the instruction, in the instruction I've received in different areas of my life. I'm very successful. But I don't sit there and go, it's because of this person. I need to bring them up because they were so, here, come here, because you instructed me. I don't do that. But I receive their instruction. I walk in their instruction. There are a lot of things I do in construction, a lot of things I'm doing when I'm building or whatever. It's something I learned specifically. I do it exactly the way I was taught. It's like I know it. I do it. That's an apprentice. That's what a disciple is. You own it now. You take the information. You own it now. Come on, love life. I'm trying to make all of you number one champions. Not number one champions. Make sure you're behind me. How did he get it? How did he get it? How? How did he know God calls those things that be not as though they were? He didn't, he didn't read it. There's no prophets. There's no Israel. Where did he get it? Where did he get it? Faith in what? Faith comes by what? Hear what word of God? Well, wait a minute. That's a statement in Scripture. Well, then there must be some type of connection. These are things we don't think about. Wait a minute. What connection is there? Okay, so if you go to Romans chapter 1, verse 20, it says, and all creation cries out that God is alive and God created the heavens and the earth. Romans says that no one has an excuse not to believe in God because creation says, I am. I am. I created. I, there is God. He did all this. Everybody recognizes. You know, the human race was created with the knowledge of God. 
We, we didn't come to knowledge of God. We were created in a knowledge of God. That's why when I make the statements about no matter what you go in history, no matter how far back you go and dig up whatever you dig up, you're going to find whoever it is that you dig up worshiping something. Why would they worship something that they came from a monkey? You tell me. If, if, if we're from evolution, why would I want to worship a god? There's no purpose in that. I'm, I, I evolved. I don't even know God. Well, how are you going to line that fact up with no matter where you go? No matter what you dig up, you're going to see them worshiping a God. Why? It's in us. It's that void. It's there. Abraham is on this earth in Ur of the Chaldees where they worship the moon God. But wait a minute. Who else is there? And that's the question I ask. Did you know that Noah was there? Did you know that Noah was walking on the earth while Abraham was alive? No, you didn't, did you? You didn't even think about it, did you? Do you know, for 58 years, Noah was still alive with Abraham. I'm not saying they hung out together. I'm just saying Noah was alive. Oh, wait a minute. Aren't we pretty clear that Noah had some kids? Yeah. He had a godly line called Shem. Guess where Abraham came from? Shem's line. Interesting. Oh, did you know that Shem outlived Abraham? Did you know that? See, we're not, we don't want to think we're Christians. But it's time to start thinking. Because God's word is true. And if word says faith comes by hearing and hearing, what does the word used? Rhema of God. Not logos, rhema of God. That means his faith was built up by people that not only went through the flood, but even went through the changing of the, of the languages, the creating of the new world after the flood. Shem lived 500 years after the flood. He was alive when, when, when Abraham died and his Grandkids, his great-great-grandkids were come up. Shem was alive. But see, we don't think about this stuff because we're not really wanting to. We don't want to know. I want to know. I want to know this man's faith because he's the father of faith. I want to know. I want to know how he has the ability to believe in God without a Bible, without a scripture, without a church, without anything. How does he have this, this faith to go, I believe to a man that isn't having kids, to a man that's, that, that's looking at his life for years and years and years with no children, and all of a sudden God's coming on scene and saying, nations, your, your offspring will be nations, not a nation, nations. Talk about me and you. How does he have faith? Well, I believe Romans. I'll read the scripture to you. 
I believe Romans was in operation. 120, I believe it's Romans 120. For since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes are clearly seen. You can look out. I don't know. I've been in places where I'm going, come on. I mean, I, I, Daniel and I, we're, we're elk hunting. We, we're going up this 14,000-foot mountain. And we get to a place where we're just totally exhausted. We're sitting there and looking across this. I mean, if you saw what we were seeing, I mean, we're in pain and exhausted, but if you literally seen what we were looking at, you would go, how can this even happen? It's too, it's too awesome. It's, it's just too awesome. What we were looking at was too awesome. How'd that happen? Just all I just, well, the earth went, here we go. No. And then you see different things. You're like going, we went to Alaska one year, years ago, and I was in awe the whole time. I was like going, you know, and seeing icebergs. I mean, it was just grizzlies, big old big brown bears and, and cubs, and you're like going, this, I, it was just an amazing time for me. And I'm like, I was just in awe, but the whole time I'm thinking, this isn't just happened. It doesn't, okay, it just came. It just didn't work that way. And so Romans tells us that they're clearly visible, not kind of, clearly visible. And it says, being understood by the things that are made, even as eternal power and the Godhead, so that they are without excuse. He's saying, there, you don't have an excuse. If you're born on this earth, there's no way. You don't have an excuse. You don't have an excuse. So there's Romans. Then we get to the place of Romans 10, 17. So faith comes by, actually comes isn't even in the original. So you can take comes out of there. It's actually, so faith is by hearing and hearing. Faith by hearing and hearing. Faith by hearing and hearing. Comes is wrong because now it's saying, well, faith has to come. It's, you have to get it. No, no, you have it. So it's faith by hearing and hearing. Why by hearing and hearing? What did Jesus say to people many times? Do you have ears to hear? So he's, he's, he's saying there's a difference between you can hear, between the people that have a different way of hearing. That's what he's saying right here. Faith comes by a different way of hearing. Not because you hear. People come to church all the time and hear, but nothing's happening. People come to church all the time. Don't turn your neighbor. Just keep looking straight ahead. I mean, all, I mean, all the time. Come to church, leave, nothing's happening. The point is, is it, it's, it's how you're hearing. You come with the attitude to receive, you're going to receive something. I ain't messing around when I come out here. I don't mess around. I bring it. I bring it. And this information will change your life. But, you know, you got you to turn that, I know it all. I, I got, I, you know, give me my opinion. You got to turn it off. Turn it off. Because I'll just, I'll ask you a question. How's it working for you? Yeah, that's right. Let's move on. Look at this. Faith by hearing and hearing. That literally means ears to understand. Ears to understand. It's related to Jesus when he said, you must come to me as a child. All of us have been there. We go into the class 
and we sit with no knowledge whatsoever, and they just start bringing the knowledge. Very elementary, but it doesn't matter. It's information to build a foundation to start going to the next level. Remember? Remember, everybody? Maybe you don't, but it's true. All right? So you've got that working. It's happening. And all of a sudden, you go into the next level and the next level and the next level. That's the Christian faith, by the way. I know people get saved and they want to go to college. It don't work that way. That's the world's way, and you bring in you, your nasty stuff into it, thinking you know everything. And that's where you get the weird, you know, they want to start showing the spiritual understanding and start talking spiritual stuff. And you're like going, that's not even scriptural, dude. And I, it happens a lot. Not recently, but through my journey, I've heard this stuff. And the point is, is this stuff should be brought to a place that makes it simple to understand, get hold of, but y'all hearing it, this is good, deep stuff. But it's not hard, is it? No. That's what Jesus wants for all of us, to get it. I mean, I threw out that Noah and Shem thing just to do it. It's cool, right? Didn't it freak you out a little bit to know that? Were you like going, dude, are you kidding me? Really? But doesn't it now make sense that how is he going to operate in something that we're not getting the other process of Scripture going? Well, I believe there were believers, no doubt. I believe Shem probably, hey, Abram, what's going on, dude? In God, good. Because why did Abraham get to the place where he's like going, I'm going to listen for God. I'm going to do what he wants. How'd he come? How'd that come? He had to be hearing it, but what was he hearing? What faith was he hearing? He had to hear Grandpa Noah sometime or someone, you know, hey, your, your grandpa said God is real. And Abraham's like going, well, tell grandpa I believe him. I don't know. Now I'm throwing an opinion right now because that's not in the Bible, but I believe I believe that. I believe the word of God, and there has to be, there has to be. If Shem's out there, and that's, that's Abram's great-grandpa, if he's out there, and other of his line are out there, they, not everybody was nasty. They had to be saying, y'all messed up, God is real. Y'all messed up, God is real. And lived their life until they died and went to paradise until Jesus came and took them home. But the point is, is this is what's happening. That's how I believe. Abraham, the ability to hope in what? In God's word. How? Because he had to hear it and he had to see it. And he came to the conclusion. He came to the understanding that God is real. I will serve him and I will obey him. That is his word to me. I believe it. And he then got to a place where he started calling himself, I am a father of many nations, Abraham. And he didn't have one kid. That is faith. Father, we thank you for the word of God. We thank you for the truth of the word. And we believe with all our heart that we are going to go to a next level of understanding. We're not here to play the game. We're not here to play Christianese. We're here to learn the information that you have in your word to transform us, to bring out that new creation out front, where we're living life large, we're people of integrity, we have character, and we live life big, 
And we look to be the best in everything we do to represent Jesus in a big way. So, Father, we thank you for that. We thank you for that. If anybody in here this morning has never received Jesus, anybody out there, you've never received Jesus, I would ask you right now to call on his name. You exercise your faith by saying, Jesus, I believe in you. And the Bible makes it very clear what's going to happen to you. You're going to be born again, new creation. Things are going to happen in your life. But you got to make the first step. Faith is starting to roll in you right now. That natural faith, you got to press out and get that supernatural faith in your life right now. And you do it by taking the first step, saying, Jesus, I believe. Say it with me. Jesus, I believe. I believe in you, Jesus. I receive you in my life right now. Jesus, you are my Savior. You are my Lord. Right now, I make it clear. Father, I thank you for the words spoken out for every person that has not done this before. And if you've done it before, I thank it for it too. But if you've never, never acknowledged that step of faith, I want you to raise your hand in here this morning. I have something special to give to you. If you've never made this commitment to Jesus before, I want you to press that button out there and listen. Your lives will never be the same again. You're born again in the kingdom of God. Love you guys. Be blessed. See ya. Thanks again for listening. To hear more encouraging messages just like this one, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past episodes. If you loved what you received, please consider rating it and sharing it with your friends and family. For more information about Love Life and getting connected with us, go to lovelife.church. We love you and are believing God's best for you.